Sister Jerome Grace laughed, a hand covering her mouth when Sisters Mary Luke and Roberta looked askance. The sister fell into line with the others, and Jackson dropped to the back, to trail behind the way he often did in the hospital, knowing no one wanted to hold his hand and skip toward the next destination, as they did with others. The children paired off as they had been taught, hands clasped while others pointed here and there. Jackson's gaze wandered until it settled upon the striped canvas hanging near the great wheel. The canvas enclosed a hidden space, and without a word to any of the sisters, Jackson made for it. Up close, the canvas was sloppy, red paint striped down fabric the color of old bone. A trio of young ladies clad in ivory day dresses emerged from a flap in the canvas, two of them supporting one who had swooned. Jackson stared at them, and they did not see him, so he took his time in looking. They were as strange to him as this place, older than any other girls he knew but for the sisters, and the sisters didn't count, not in that way. The two girls dragged the third toward a log nearby and sat her down, fanning her face. She didn't seem inclined to rouse, chin bent to chest, dark brown curls brushing pale cheeks. One of them saw him then. Can you get her some water, please? Jackson stepped inside through the flap the girls had emerged from. Whatever lay inside the tent had a hold of him, and he wouldn't be turned. He heard a hasty curse from the girls as the flap fell closed, then a hand slid over his shoulder. Come in, come in! The tent smelled like the paint used to stripe the canvas, but other scents mingled. Dark earth, rot, wet. The man who welcomed him was a sight, in a gold coat, crisp white shirt, and crimson vest beneath. A watch chain gleamed at his belly, a mustache curling over his smiling mouth. Jackson was not well acquainted with men outside the priests of the foundling hospital, but this man had an oily feel to him, much as they did. He wanted to sell something, wanted a belief drawn into young hands for coddling. We've wonders to amaze and astonish, but if you've a delicate stomach, best go the way those young ladies did, the hawker warned. Jackson's eyes narrowed. He couldn't imagine what they might have seen but wanted to take his turn at it. I'm no young lady, he said, and the man's smile deepened. Well, then, the man stepped back and inclined his head, as if to say good day. Jackson turned, attention already elsewhere. Someone cried in alarm, but this didn't deter Jackson. It only made him more curious, silencing the normal voice of panic inside him. More canvas inside the tent was suspended from the ceiling to create hallways and walls. This canvas was unpainted and smelled musty, smelled of shit, too, as if perhaps it had once enclosed animals, though what animals Jackson could not venture to say, picturing only tame things such as horses. He rounded a corner into the first small room and stared at the table in its center. Upon it stood a jar the size of a cask. The jar was filled with clouded liquid, a blooming flower suspended within. The flower was the color of a New York sunrise in summer, before the day grew too warm. Jackson strode closer, to the table's edge, where he crouched to get a better look. He wondered if Alice knew this upon entering Wonderland, seeing everything she could not name, if when she looked at one object, a flower, but abruptly realized it was something else, not a thing grown in the ground, but rather a thing grown in a body. The clouded liquid supported not a flower, but a small body, it was no larger than a newborn pup curled in on itself. But where a pup could only curl once, chin to chest, much as the young lady outside, this form curled into itself countless times. Where its chin was, Jackson could not say. 
for it was lost in a froth of cold flesh. There was a tail, or perhaps it was an arm, because there were three perfectly formed fingers at its end. Jackson's lips parted. He had no idea what it was, but could not look away. Sounds deeper in the tent eventually drew him on, another cry and a rustle, as if someone had been caught before they could hit the ground. There were twelve rooms in all, and Jackson visited each, startled each time. The most startling, which was hard to quantify, he decided later, was the woman in the cage. Her skin shone with the color of rotted green apples, bare hip and breast curving upward into shadow. She didn't have legs the way a normal woman must. Jackson had wondered, of course, what might be hidden under all skirts. Perhaps it was this, ever this. But large-scaled viper coils slithered over the ground. 